Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 107. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Now, welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I end as always, I am joined by Brian Snedeker from Next Step Test Prep, and we are going to jump in and continue our full-length 10 breakdown. All right, Brian, as we mentioned in the last episode, we had the skip passage 10. It just wasn't uh, amenable to being on the podcast as a, as a good podcast episode, but we have our last set of discretes here before we move on to our next section so I'll start with question 57. The addition of which of the following compounds to water would reduce the solubility of ferrous hydroxide? A, ammonia. B, ethanol. C, acetic acid. Or D, trichloroethane. And I would do one of those where I would pick C and move on because I wouldn't mm-hmm. remember it. Sure. So it's just there's um, this is one of those ones. Very very short question, right? Not a lot yep. of words. Um, three scientific principles you've got to remember. Uh, number one, you've got to recognize ferrous hydroxide, right? That hydroxide should jump out uh, as oh hydroxide OH minus. And so the first step uh, of analysis here is that you have to recognize that's a base. Um, you know, anything that creates hydroxide is a base. Um, if memory serves, ferrous hydroxide is, is very, very sparingly soluble. Um, so it's not much of a base, but it is still technically a base. Um, then the second fact you got to remember is that for solubility rules, acids and bases like to dissolve each other, right? They help each other dissolve because the OHs and the Hs just get together and make water. Um, <laughs> they and- get together. I like that. Yeah, they they hook up. Yeah, it's a great, it's a good time. Uh, <laughs> there's you know there's Hootie and the Blowfish on the stereo and wine coolers all around. <laughs> um, so it's um, the uh, that might be the most '90s sentence ever said out loud. <laughs> uh, it, but in that same vein, bases interfere with each other, right? If you try to dissolve multiple bases, they're not they're gonna make each other harder to dissolve. Acids would interfere with each other due to something called the common ion effect. Um, so fact number one, recognize hydroxide as a base. Fact number two, remember that bases would interfere with each other trying to dissolve. They would reduce each other's solubility. Uh, and that's that's what it says here is reduce the solubility. And then fact number three is you just have to know which of these answer choices is a base. Uh, and that very first one there, ammonia, classic example of a weak base, the MCAT. When the MCAT wants to give a weak base, 
you know, fair bet seven times out of ten, eight times out of ten, if they want a weak base, they're using ammonia. Uh, and so that's the right answer here. Okay. All right, number 58. Both eukaryotes and prokaryotes possess desaturases, which can increase membrane fluidity by adding a cis double bond to a fatty acid chain on a phospholipid. What's the primary intermolecular force acting between adjacent fatty acid chains in a cell membrane? London dispersion, hydrogen bonding, dipole-dipole, covalent bonds. Primary intermolecular force acting between adjacent fatty acid chains in a cell membrane. I don't remember anything about <laughs> molecular forces. Sure, yeah, and and why would you, right? Like once the end cat is <laughs> That is a very, very rhetorical question because you don't need it at all to practice medicine. Right. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, you need it to get through high school chemistry, college, freshman chemistry, and the MCAT, and then you're done, right? Yep. So summer after junior year, you finish up your MCAT, and then you can forget it for the remaining 50 years of your life. Um, in this, or, or unless you're like me and you go into this stuff uh, uh, professionally. <laughs> So, um, it, it, first, it says intermolecular force, uh, so you can eliminate covalent bonding. That's an intramolecular force. Uh, and then fatty acid chains are just big, long chains of hydrocarbons, um, which means the only intermolecular force that predominates for them is London dispersion. Hydrogen bonding requires hydrogen bond be bonded to fluorine, oxygen, or nitrogen, none of which is true in the tail part of a fatty acid chain. Uh, and dipole-dipole interactions require actual dipoles. Uh, which again, you, you might have a little bit in a cis in a cis bond, but but that's not the predominant one. The question was just asking with the primary force in a cell membrane, and overwhelmingly that's London dispersion. All right. Question fifty nine. Naturally mined uranium consists of two isotopes, U two thirty five and U two thirty eight. U-238 is more stable than U-235 and cannot be used for nuclear energy. An industrial enrichment process increases the abundance of U-235 from 0.9% to 3.7% in a 500-gram sample of uranium. How many additional moles of U-235 are yielded as a result? 7.8 times 10 to the negative 2 moles. 5.9 times 10 to the negative 2 moles, 7.8 times 10 to the negative 1 moles, or 5.9 times 10 to the negative 1 moles. Yeah, but bunch of math here. We're, um, it d doesn't work quite so well for us to kind of talk through all the numbers, so I'm not even going to try. Instead, I'm just going to explain like the thought process that underlies a problem like this. So the first thing it said was we're going from 0.9% to 3.7% of a 500 gram sample. So that, that's the first bit of math you hang on to, mm -hmm. right? So from 0.9 to 3.7 is 2.8% more in a 500 gram sample. So you would say, what's well, 2.8% of 500 grams? You do some math, you get whatever that number is. Turns out to be 14 grams. Um, but then the question was in moles. So at that point, you're just converting grams to moles. Uh, and so you would do 14 grams 
divided by the U-235s, right? So 235 is the molecular weight, the grams per mole. So 14 over 235 and whatever that comes out to, you know, yada, 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 hand wave, hand wave, and you get some math and the answer's B. Um, you know, f- folks can get the handout from the show notes and, and they can actually crank the math out if they want and check that they're able to get answer choice B. But again, fundamentally two steps, right? Take that percentage increase on the 500 gram sample and then multiply that grams by the molecular, or I'm sorry, divide that grams by molecular weight to get moles. For quick math, so 14 divided by 235, mm-hmm. um, it is, is it possible to, to do like 10 divided by 235? To w- Would you round up or round down to make the math a little bit easier to see if mm-hmm. one of the answers jumps out faster? Yeah, that's a really good question. So what you would do is you don't want to round that much because these answer choices are pretty close together, right? 7.8 times 10 to the minus 2 and 5.9, mm-hmm. which is basically 6 times 10 to the minus 2. They are, uh, for, I, I will say for the MCAT, these are remarkably close together. The MCAT usually spreads the answer choices out a little more, but you may get one like this where they expect you to grind, grind out the math. So what you would do is you'd take 14 over 235 and you would round that slightly to 15 over 235. So then you could reduce by a factor of five. Okay. So 15 over 235, what would it divide by five? That becomes three, three over uh, 235. We have four, carry three, seven. So that'd be three over 47. And then, and that's also kind of ugly, right? Yeah. Like what's, what's three forty sevenths? Yeah. And then you could round that and say, well, 47 is pretty close to 50. Yeah. Right. So three fiftieths becomes six over a hundred. Yep. You know, roughly, so 0.06. Yep. So then, you know, then you know the answer's got to be B or D, right? 5.9. That That's pretty close to 6. Okay. Uh, and it's 10 to the minus 2, so 0.06. All right. Yeah, so, so some yep. easy rounding just to make the math easier. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you always want to round something where you can reduce the fraction and then try to round so that the denominator of the fraction gets as close as you can to either 100 or 50 or 25. You know, something you can just like scale to 100 to make it a percent. Very common technique for manipulating fractions without a calculator on test day. All right, there you have it. Some more next step, full length 10. Did you know, I always ask this in my Facebook group, the pre-med hangout. If you're not part of the hangout, you should be. It's medicalschoolhq.net slash group. It's a group of almost 6,000 collaborative, amazing pre-med students. It's an amazing community there. And I ask every once in a while, I'm like, tell me what you think about full-length exams. Who are you using? What do you like? And it, inevitably, you get a lot of people that will go with the, the purple big box company because they have a lot of marketing. And then you'll have a lot of students that time and time again say next step. Next step is the best. Next step was the tests that were closest to the real MCAT that I took. Next step scores approximated the best, the score that I got on my MCAT. Next step full-length exams are by far the best out there. According to you guys, according to the students, right? I haven't taken the MCAT in a long time. 
So for me to evaluate, all I can look at is, do the questions look good? Is the platform nice? All that stuff, of course, yes, definitely. But to simulate the real exam as it is now, I took it back on paper way back in the day. But right now, I, I rely on you guys, and you guys tell me Next Step Full Lengths are the best. So go check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD. That's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, for 10% off those full-length exams. If you're in the market for other stuff as well, you can use that code and save some money on anything that Next Step has to offer. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast.